0: Put your glass on, get your bass on. Cause
1: you're a glass boss. Get your butt up and work. Stay focused and work hard. These are all the things successful people tell us are the keys to success. But we all know people in our lives who work hard and don't get the money or notoriety that they deserve. You, you might even feel like you're killing yourself by getting your butt up each morning and working into the night. And what's it all for? Are these really the keys to success? Or are these quote-unquote successful people just being biased? Because they're the lucky ones that made it in this unfair game of life. We only hear about all the success stories about all the people that made it, but what about the people that didn't make it and aren't deemed successful? Did they just not want it enough? Did they not work hard enough? Well, today on Behind the Gloss, we are going to discover just that. Now we've already gone behind the rejection, now let's go behind the success to survivorship bias. And here to break it all down for us is our amazing, incredible, fabulous gloss boss, Hannah, who has her own opinions on what she thinks are really the keys to success. Girl, I still do not know what I'm doing.
0: For your, for the podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, but thank you for meeting with me. And I love this topic because, like, I never even knew of this. You're the one that, like, told me about it. And it just changed my whole perspective on everything. But how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing? Uh,
1: good as well. Just trying to figure it out, you know.
0: Yeah, always. Always trying to figure it out.
1: Honestly, but yeah, girl, what is survivors bias?
0: So, survivor or survivorship bias is basically when um you come to a logical error that something is more likely because the people that you hear it from or the evidence that you've seen is the most accessible. So like if somebody is successful, you hear from them more about how they became successful. And so you believe that that is the common outcome. Because the people who didn't make it don't have that platform. It's something that really comes up. Actually, I think I think the biggest or most common example is something like the uh, planes in World War Two. So if you have a plane coming back to the base that's filled with bullet holes, your the logical fallacy is you want to reinforce the places with bullet holes, right? Cause that's where they got shot. But actually you want to reinforce the places that don't have bullet holes because those are the planes that didn't come back. Those were the unsurvivable injuries were occurred in those places.
1: Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> At first I was yeah. like, why are you talking about world war two planes? Cause I know when we talked about it the first time, it was more in relation to, um, you know, like the entertainment industry and like those successful people. And they're like, oh, you just have to want it enough and you just have to yeah. like, get up and work. And it's like,
0: yeah. Well, okay. consider those those people are the planes that made it back to the base. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and again, that's like such a great point because I'm like, actually, let me kind of talk to the people who maybe weren't as successful and ask them like why do you think you weren't you know like I don't know what that means to be like hey what did you do wrong so that I don't what stay? did you do wrong yeah <laughs> but you know yeah you you have to learn from mistakes and yeah I mean like would you rather learn from someone's successes or from someone's mistakes I think I, I mean I mistakes. think I think
0: it's I I think it's both I don't know that you can apply. Survivorship bias to instruction because I think you have you run the risk of sort of making the same mistake in assuming that because this worked for one person that's what's going to work for you too or because this didn't work for somebody it's not going to work for you and I mean ultimately people are not planes you don't go out with certain injuries and not come back from that um, it's a lot more I think in terms of like businesses and and professional success I think it's a lot more circumstantial. Um, And the survivorship bias mainly just applies to like, we hear from the survivors. And so we're biased in thinking that is the more popular or more consistent narrative. But I don't know that you can say that like, anyone who didn't succeed has made a mistake. And I think that a lot of people who did succeed make lots of mistakes that for if you were to repeat them may be career ending or may have absolutely no effect. So I think the learning from people's mistakes is something that should be applied regardless of the success of the person who is sharing those mistakes. But I do think that like, you know, you're going to hear more about mistakes made by people who who ultimately succeeded than mistakes made by people who didn't. So the bias impacts the accessibility of the information you receive does it necessarily impact the 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 um quality of that information or the truth of that information i don't know
1: <laughs> no again i agree with everything that you're saying like, what is success you touched on it like it's different things to different people and mm-hmm. it's like yeah maybe this person is world famous and has a million dollars. Maybe that's what success is for them. But for you, for me, for people listening to this, maybe that's not what our success looks like. So I also kind of want to like, I don't know, tell people like, yeah, you define your success.
0: I mean, I mean, I think that's it. I think you define your success. I think that's the key. And I think that, you know, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to define an achievable success or even a healthy success but I think that you determine the value of your own success so for me like I do want to work in an artistic field and be professionally recognized and I would love to build a career that I could um, live off of and that to me is success but that success is defined by me because you know my brother would absolutely hate that. Like he would not want that kind of career. And I think that if he were to find himself in a situation where that was the outcome, he would be pretty unhappy. So it's, you, you determine what you value, right? And then what you value becomes the basis for what you consider success. So I do think survivorship bias happens regardless of that, because not no single person can be all things, Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that I think are much more achievable or likely. Like I think it's it's not easier in terms of like effort put in, but it's probably, it's more common to, for example, have a family than it is to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> um, so you're going to have more survivors. You're going to have more people being like, yeah, it's absolutely possible. And there are a lot more reasons for it. And you're going to have a lot more opportunities to become that group of like, like find yourself in that kind of successful group, the survivor group, right? Because you just have way more opportunities. There's, you know, billions of people in the world. So there's billions of potential partners. And so you have, you know, that many opportunities potentially to reach that type of success. And if that is the the success that you desire, and that is the kind of thing that you value, then you probably are much more likely to encounter that success Than if you're like, I want to be an Oscar winner. Because only one person wins an Oscar every year, you know, in each category. And so (laughs) it's a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah. And, oh my gosh. I mean, first I need to ask, how did you come across this survivorship bias? Like, where did you learn this?
0: Oh, you know, I think, I can't remember. I think, I think someone said it. I think a celebrity said it on an interview oh that's um, interesting and yeah and i can't remember who it was um yeah. i can't remember who it was i'm, I'm just gonna quick them. google
1: i want to thank them for <laughs> kind of like shining it light. was
0: yeah yeah um i can't remember who it was it was on like jimmy fallon or something like that. i think it was on a late night show mm. and i do appreciate it because i do think they there there's a tendency among the successful to write their success off as the byproduct of hard work and deservingness. Mm -hmm. And I I do appreciate when, especially the most visibly successful, like celebrities, are able to acknowledge that they were lucky. And there's a lot of people who work just as hard and who are just as talented who were not as lucky and didn't make it. Mm -hmm. I like, like, and that's what I mean by survivor bias, I think is good for being a grounding influence. I don't necessarily think it should, like, direct your choices. I mean, I think it should, you know, it can. It can guide them in some ways. But I think it's really good at at alleviating the guilt of perceived failure or acknowledging that, like, success is, is not something – it's not objective. Success is not objective. The world is not an objective place. Success is not objective and, you know – anybody who can keep that in mind and acknowledge that their, their success is the result of largely luck, I think is, I think is helpful because I think it's disingenuous to, you know, if you tell people that I worked really hard and I deserved it and I got here and then someone who is also working really hard and doesn't get there, they start, it's crushing, right? Cause you feel, yeah. you feel like you're doing something wrong and you're, you're not. And that can be absolutely world ending. Like it can, you know, it can. Yeah.
1: I've experienced that because <laughs> then it's like, I have too. Yeah. Yep. After so many rejections, you're just like, geez, like, what is it? Like, what's the common denominator? It's me. Okay. Like, it's what's me. wrong with me? like Exactly. <laughs> I go
0: through that a lot. I lot. And I'm, I'm in therapy, man. I'm in therapy okay. for it because it's the, it, you know, you kind of get to a point. So like I'm an actor And obviously acting is a lot of rejection, but I go to all these classes and I'm told that you're doing great work. You're really excellent. Don't change anything. You're doing everything perfectly. And I'm still not Brad Pitt.
1: (laughs) And I begin to go like, okay, Hmm?" I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm just like, I relate so much. No, again, no, you can school. laugh at my pain. Go no. ahead, laugh at my pain.
0: But yeah, it is funny. Yeah,
1: because but... it's like, okay, somebody's lying. Like, am I good Some- am so I not? somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. So I sit
0: there like, so I'm like, you know, I have this whole thing where I go through my head where I'm like, okay, everybody that I've ever met is lying to me. They're lying to me mm-hmm. and I'm doing something wrong. And then you're like, okay, so I think that all my friends are liars. And like, I'm now putting that on my friends. So now you have the guilt of being like, Either either my friends are lying to me and i'm and I'm terrible, or my friends aren't lying to me, and I'm ascribing to them this personality of being a liar, which is horrible to them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and also, I think you know, it's statistically unlikely that every single person that you meet is a liar and is like saving is trying to spare your feelings by lying to you consistently for like decades upon decades. Like, you know, I don't think that's just like not a reasonable assumption to make. So I think it's unfair to ascribe something so cynical to your friends and people that you claim to love and people who you also trust because you are, you know, you trust your friends' opinions. So either you think they have bad taste, which is mean, (laughs) or that they're liars, which is mean. Yeah. And I think that's a lot that ends up putting a lot of guilt on you because then you're, then you're in the situation where either they're lying and I suck or I suck because I think they're lying oh my God. and either way you can't win. Yeah. So there was a siren just went by. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. So either way you can't win. And so I think, you know, this whole idea of, of yeah. being told you're doing it right. You're doing it right. And and then going, well, obviously I'm not, obviously something wrong. <laughs> the way that I deal with that, so as not to cast my friends as the bad guys, is mm-hmm. then I go, it's me, I'm ugly, I'm horrible, oh. I'm repulsive, <laughs> people hate me. And, and then you start, and then, you know, and I see this mm-hmm. a lot in acting, where one of the only things that you can control, because you, you can't control casting, mm-hmm. you can't control getting seen for an audition, you can't control getting cast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean... And I I think there's a lot of things that actors especially do to tell themselves that they are are in control or to make them feel like they have some control. Like you dress to suggest the part when you go to an audition or you go networking or you dye your hair or whatever you do. Like you do things to make you feel like you're influencing the outcome of a situation. And, you know, I would go to when you when you start obsessing over these little things about yourself that you can control it's very easy to start becoming vain Mm -hmm. or or the opposite and thinking that you are ugly and just become obsessed with your looks and now suddenly you're getting work done and you're Mm. doing all these things that like i mean a lot of it is the fear of death absolutely but i think the desire to control it especially in an industry like acting speaks to this wish that or this 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 feeling that we should somehow be in control yeah. of our fate.
1: Yeah. And it becomes
0: very damaging.
1: I know, like, everything you're saying, I'm just nodding, like, yes, I feel that. Because it's kind of like, I was always told that I have to be confident. And, you know, I need to change my mindset. So, again, when I'm, like, applying for jobs, going for things, I'm like, I'm going to get this. This is mine. And then it doesn't happen. And now I'm like, I look like an idiot for, yeah. you know, like trying to. And then it's like, how can I be confident when, again, like what society is kind of deeming as successful, having this great career and having this much money and this and that. I'm like, I'm not a- achieving that. Like, how am I supposed to be confident? And like you said, then I'm like, well, do I change? something about me and here I am picking myself apart and becoming insecure. And it's like, no. And it's like, I'm going insane. <laughs> trying to. <laughs> yeah. I'm going insane. Trying to, trying to figure out what, what I'm doing wrong.
0: And yeah. then you have situations too, where you have like this toxic positivity manifesting where people being like, you have, you have the power to manifest this, or you have, you know, you have to go in with a good attitude because they mm-hmm. can read the, they can tell when you think you're not going to get it. Yeah. And, you know, and some. There, look, there's a lot to be said for the idea of, like, visualization and focusing on an outcome you want and and pursuing that outcome. Absolutely. I think that is definitely worthwhile. And I think, you know, if you go into a situation with a positive attitude in that situation, then 100% that is visible in the room. and That is something that people connect with. But they can't, they don't know, like... It's the whole, po- like, keep a positive mindset after the fact. Like, you've left the situation. People are like, don't. And you're like, oh, I don't think it's going to work. And people are like, don't think like that. Don't think like that. It's like, what I think now is not going to affect the outcome. It's done. <laughs> it's done. I love I, that. I cannot manifest an actual change in a person making their own independent decisions. Right? So, me being like, me thinking positive after I've left the situation that I had any power to affect makes me again is like a method of control it makes me feel like with the power of positive thinking i can make that happen and it's like in some situations you cannot you
1: cannot yeah and no oh matter God. how
0: positive you think it's not going to make it's not going to make you a millionaire
1: exactly and then cuz another common thing that i hear oh it's in god's timing everything happens for a reason rejection is protection I'm sorry, I'm calling bull on the whole thing. I'm like, "Mm." Uh, I don't believe,
0: I mean, I'm not a religious person, so I can't speak to anything like being in God's plan, but the whole everything happens for a reason. That's something that my mom says a lot. And the way that she explained it to me was the way that I actually thought was helpful because I agree, like the whole everything happens for reasons. Like, no, some things don't have a reason. But the way that she views it and the way that she like tries to explain it in a way that is helpful is that, Everything happens for a reason, meaning that you have the opportunity to respond to a situation in a way that gives it meaning to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like, if something bad happens, you're the person who ascribes meaning to it. Or if something good happens, you're the person who ascribes meaning to it. Basically, she's saying that you're the person, the only thing that you have the power to control is the value you ascribe to, to events or to situations. Mm-hmm. You dictate what's valuable. You make it mean something. If if you you know if if a friend break if you have a friend break up and you're devastated by it, you have the power to like decide how you deal with it. In not not necessarily in the short term, like you're going to be sad, you're going to be depressed. That's all fine. But the way you come back from it, like you have the choice to to either remember good things about it or to decide that no you know what actually it was never healthy for me I don't like it or the next time I go into a friendship I'm gonna do this differently like you have, you are the one who parses out the meaning for yourself whatever you describe whatever you decide to just to, to make it mean
1: I love that because yeah that's definitely something that I try to do and be like okay this didn't work out but what can I learn from it And how can I do better? And I was thinking about this recently because, funny enough, I feel like I'm in the exact same place I was a year ago, you know, like, Mm -hmm. still without a job. I mean, I feel like I'm in the same,
0: (laughs) I'm in the same place I was like six years ago. Oh no,
1: well, because I was going to say for me, it's like, okay, I still don't have my dream job, but I feel like the person that I am today right now, like, She, going against the old me, like, the old girl, she needed help. I do feel, like, more confident, even if it's just, like, an ounce more. But I think that's great. That's
0: I mean, that is still progress.
1: Exactly. In your
0: definition of it, right? Like, you're the one who has to live with yourself. You live with yourself all the time. So.
1: So, and again, it's like, celebrate the small wins. Okay, you know what? (laughs) Maybe I got rejected again, but this time I only cried for... A minute, not a whole. Instead of a whole day, thing, like, yeah,
0: progress. And, and it's you know, like it's easier said than done. This whole like it happens for a reason. Make that reason for yourself. You know, oh that's God. still a method of control of trying to control your life. I think the mm. difference is that that is something that's internal, so you can choose how you want to apply it, and you recognize that it's like limited to your own perception. Mm. You're not trying to control the universe
1: but you know
0: like there's some days where i'm like this means nothing i hate this i don't want to do this like yeah. what's the point of this you know like i got hit by a car last november am i gonna say that it has a point <laughs> no it sucks Sorry. it sucks <laughs> 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 just really everything funny. happens for a reason what is the reason for that I Every, say... uh, you know it's uh, but what i take out of it is like what did it give me It gave me the opportunity to go to physio and to learn more about how my body works and how to strengthen parts of my body that were you know already weak to begin with like Mm. i have very weak hamstrings so this is this has helped because it turns out that was one of the things that i was kind of using to compensate for the injury Mm. so it's given me that opportunity to go to therapy it's given me the opportunity to meet a bunch of people who i really like and have been really great for my mental health like it has helped me address so much of my mental health because I had I've been forced to spend so much time mm. taking care of myself, right? Like, like when it happened, I was like, "It's fine, I'll be fine, I'll just get better on my own, and you know, it'll be okay." Like, maybe it'll take a while, but, but I'll be fine. And then over Christmas, I went home for the break, and I was in so much pain after like a short walk around the block that I couldn't walk for the day after that. Like that oh rest of that day and the next day, I couldn't walk, and I was like. I need to go to physio. Like if I don't go, this is just getting going to get worse. This is not livable. Okay. Yeah. And it was bad, but now, so now I go to, to physio or rehab or kinesis or whatever. I go, I go five times a week. That is a huge time commitment. It is yeah. a huge time commitment. Yeah. And it basically means I have no time to do anything else. That sucks. But mm. on the plus side, it has forced me to dedicate this much time to self-care and I do think that has been I mean I think that's been beneficial for my mental health I think it's been beneficial for my physical health I can't wait for it to be over (laughs) but but I think you know it's it's not without positives like not necessarily like and I don't mean that Because I think positive and negative are ascribed values, generally speaking. I think there's some things we can all agree are negative, but like, you know, so I think I have been able to make it mean something for me. And, yeah, and I think that's kind of what we all got to do with rejection.
1: No, that makes me happy that you did find something of it. And, yeah, again, Uh that speaks to, like, your strength and resilience. Although, I don't know, is that... Is that annoying when people are like, "Wow, you're so strong." And it's like, "I don't want to be." Like Well, this is the,
0: I think the other thing is too is that because strong is also an ascribed value. There's things that people are like, "You're so brave, you're so strong." And I'm like, yeah. "I didn't think there was another option. Like I never thought about it." <laughs> yeah. Like I I moved out here. I moved up to the West Coast by myself when I was 25, I think. Oh my god. Too, and I have no family out here and I didn't know anybody out here. I moved in with my uncle's like university friend for a yes. couple months while I got a place oh, and I just brought like a, a suitcase oh, and everyone's like, you're so
1: brave.
0: And I'm like, <laughs> "What? why? I'm still like, I didn't leave the country. I call my mom all the time. Oh. I've never felt afraid. Mm. I've never felt. So, so to me, it's like, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm like Jennifer Laura's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean? Like, I, I just, I moved. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. But for a lot
0: of people, that is something significant, mm -hmm.
1: you know? Exactly. And I mean, even to, cause I mean, I think everyone's strong, especially if you are getting rejected time and time again and you have not quit. So, how do you find the strength what gets you out of bed in the morning to try another day I'm asking personally because it's getting to the point where I might not get out of bed tomorrow
0: yeah um in all fairness and like full disclosure I had therapy session yesterday so I'm in like a really good headspace today and I'm like (laughs) wow well easy peasy but I 100 percent you know, let me go five days without talking to my therapist. And I'll be like, what's the point? What's the point of anything? Like, why? Um, so I feel that. And, you know, I was very depressed just the beginning of COVID sort of 2019 going into 2020. I was like extremely depressed. Um, and there were like three months where I didn't get out of bed and I just ate soup every day if I ate at all. And like, it was awful. It's awful. I, and I know that feeling. Um, and, and all the time I'm having thoughts of like, what's the point? Like, I'm never going to, it's, it's too late. Oh. And I, I will say that like, over the course of in the last few years, I've gone from being like, maybe, maybe it will happen. Maybe it will happen to being, it's definitely not going to happen. So <laughs> why are you bothering? And yeah, I still do it. And for me, I mean, I think there's two kinds of rejection that we, that we look at generally there's like the immediate rejection and then there's like long-term sort of the secondary rejection and the immediate rejection is when someone says no not you and then the long-term rejection is when it feels like the world is like ignoring you like this is not going to happen but you know and you're still trying like an idiot (laughs) and so immediate rejection I find maybe it's practice for being an actor because like I do deal with rejection all the time but I don't even care about immediate rejection anymore (laughs) like Like, for something like an audition, go into an audition, I do my thing, I leave, and then I completely forget that the audition even happened. Like, it's done. My job was to do an audition. That was the part. That's it. If I get a call later, like, last time I got cast, I didn't, I couldn't remember what it was for. My agent was like, you need to go to set for this on this day. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 great. And then I was like, funny question. What's the part? What did I book? What is it? Like, I, because I did it. And then I was done. Yeah, right. I can't control anything past that. So the only thing, like for me, the success or the, the point of it becomes the audition. And that's all I can do. And mm-hmm. I don't care what they think of it. And I don't care what becomes of it because it was the act of doing it that it, that matters. So mm-hmm. as long as I'm happy, um, then that's, that's where my thought, ends that's where my investment ends in terms of long-term rejection I think artists are um a little bonkers uh the reason I keep acting the reason I keep doing art is because I can't do anything else if I don't make something if I'm not writing or I'm not acting I become really depressed because I just feel like I've lost part of myself or a part of my expression and i i can't even think of something else that i'd be even moderately interested in doing like i'll do my day job but when it's like what else would you do i draw a blank like i you know (laughs) journalism like no i don't i don't think i could do that teaching yeah i don't think i could do that (laughs) be a bank teller and i'm like and it's not and it's not me being like i hate those careers because i think object like like outside myself all those careers are interesting Mm -hmm. but i just can't see myself doing any of them like i have no interest so yeah no go ahead so, so i think i think in both those scenarios the key for me to at least like look there's already problems i'm already rejecting myself and there's other things to worry about like you know how lucky or unlucky i am so I think in both those scenarios, the way that I deal with rejection is to put the meaning onto myself. And maybe that's very self centered and narcissistic, but at least I'm not subject to the opinions of other people because I'm too busy being like, I like it.
1: I like it. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I admire that so much. And again, I just keep wanting to call you strong because that's <laughs> like, You know what, to me, that's what I would deem successful. Because I think I'm kind of, like, I'm starting, like I said, to get more confident. But I think for so much of my life, it was, like, me trying to think, okay, what do I think they want from me? Oh, what do I think Mm -hmm. I need to do to get this job or to do that? And then it's funny, because all those jobs you're naming, like journalism, I studied journalism, teaching, I was a teacher, and it's funny because... (laughs) Like, as I was pursuing those things, part of me was just like, nah, this ain't it. And it was kind of like, again, for me personally, I felt like, I don't know, up deep, I was going to say selling my soul, but it was just kind of like, who am I working for? Like, what am I? Because I studied um, like the Trump era and the Brexit era. So that's literally like all mm-hmm. they would want to talk about. And I'm like, this is boring, I want to, like, inspire people, like, I'm not inspiring, and I thought teaching would be a great thing, but then it's, like, oh, I just have to do what, you know, the school is telling me to do, and, like, I don't even have time to, like, talk to each student, and that just hurt my heart, so I have to say, like, I admire you so much for not even, like, wasting your time with other things, because I kind of feel like I have, and I'm, like, oh, man, like, I should have just like find my passion and talking about what you know the successful people say that they do they say exactly what you're saying like they don't think about anything else they just focus on what they love doing and i like to think great art comes out of that so yeah I mean
0: I don't think I first of all I don't think any of that was a waste of time because at the very least you've learned that you don't want to do those things yeah and you wouldn't have known that if you hadn't done it so I don't think and and everything builds builds you out as a person right like everything adds to who you are and and now that just gives you like more depth and flavor so like whatever (laughs) um yeah and I think I think it's interesting you say because because this is one of those things that I've not like really thought about the distinction between it until now. But when you mention how people say, who are successful say they just focus on themselves and focus on their thing, I heard that a lot too. And I always I always understood it as being a conscious thing. Like they chose to focus and i was like i can't focus on that i'm focusing on so many things or i'm distracted by so many things like how do you focus on that? and i and it felt like an effortful thing like okay just focus on yourself and you can choose to just focus on yourself that like the act of focusing was like you willingly blinding yourself to anything else right mm-hmm. and it's and it's not that it's not that it's it's being content with the thing that you're creating mm. and not worrying about what other people think, not, not being uninterested in what other people think, but kind of getting to a point where you're like, no, actually that is the story that I want to tell. Or like, well, this was just my idea and you know, I wanted to see it. So I did it.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I think that's what they mean by focusing on yourself, focusing on yourself and trusting. And when they say like trusting yourself, I think it's just being like interested in yourself. If I'm writing a poem and someone corrects the grammar in the last line and I go, actually, no, I wanted it like that because, you know, this is what my intent with it was. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change what I'm doing to suit them. I'm going to be like, no, that's that's what I want. And then when I decide that's what I want, I'm I'm content with it. I don't I don't think about it anymore. I'm like, that's it. That's not to say you don't take criticism. Like if they're like, why did you do this? And I couldn't explain it. I'd be like, that's a good point. I didn't mean for that to be the outcome. So let's change that. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. just, there's just something. I think, I think the idea of like focus on what's working or focus on what you're doing. I feel like it's a softer thing than I always understood it to be. It's it's less of a grit your teeth, put your head down and focus. and And more of a just like, Make it for you first. You're your first audience. And if no one else likes it, at least you will when it's done.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think everything you're describing is confidence. Because that's something I struggled with my whole life. And everyone's like, be confident, be confident. I'm like, I have no clue what that means. And everything that you just said is like, yeah, again, you can take criticism you can be open to what other people have to say but you're like this is my vision and I'm gonna stick to it and girl you're just speaking to me and just (laughs) inspiring me tell do I need to tell your therapist thank you I don't know yeah (laughs) yeah we talked yesterday and he did
0: a lot of a lot of work so he's uh earning his pay
1: oh my gosh but yeah I mean are there I don't know like besides therapy any like, key moments in your life where you feel like you learned this lesson or kind of put it to test for the first time? Because, I mean, yeah, like, when's the first time you walked out of an audition and did not care what they thought of you? That's a good that's question.
0: Crazy. Yeah, see, a lot of this, I feel, is, like, just being familiar, right? Like, once something loses the novelty, it stops being it stops being something you focus on. So, I, I'm trying to think of like the first time I watched an audition and didn't care. It was probably during COVID, which is way too late to stop caring. I'm like a late carer. I, I cared for way too long. Oh, me too. <laughs> but right, but there's at some point, it's just like, I can't keep caring. I've done four auditions this week and I don't remember any of them. Like, I can't care about something that I don't remember. And that's not to say you don't invest in it and work at it. But at some point, you're just like, I don't know, man, I'm just doing me and I guess that's all I can do. And, mm. and I think a lot of it, you know, I think a lot of it came, I did a lot of thinking over COVID. I didn't, I, um, I didn't, I didn't book anything for two years, two years, I think maybe three years, which is a huge break to go between, between roles. Like I think I booked something in 2018 I shot and then during COVID I got nothing Ooh. Two years, I guess. So then I, because I worked again in 2022. Mm. Um, So I had a lot of time to sit and think and be like, why do I suck? Why am I not booking anything? And I would, I still occasionally auditioned during that time period. And there's a couple things. I think, you know, when you're auditioning by yourself, in your room by yourself, alone, nobody around, and you're doing a self-tape you're the only one punishing yourself right like you do it mm-hmm. once and you're like i hate that and then suddenly you've done it a hundred times and like by the hundredth time you're like i don't even care anymore like i don't i can't there's only so especially it's like one line how many ways can you say jill just eat your sandwich like at some <laughs> point it is a line that it's a line of dialogue that's you can't you can't kill yourself over it like it, it is what it is it's just it's just a sentence and and you can only care for so long. Caring like any emotion, is not sustainable. Like you can't be angry, like you can't be you know riled up, angry, shouting, mad, for much longer than like I don't know, an, half an hour. And very quickly you start getting tired of it, and then you start feeling guilty or sad. Like emotions are just not sustainable. It is really difficult to feel the intensity of emotion fully, for mm-hmm. any length of time. <laughs> and I kind of think the same thing with caring. Like. When you're working on something, is I can only care about something for so long, and then my body is just exhausted, my mentally exhausted, and so that kind of breaks you. And then I think too that like the first time I didn't care about an audition. Honestly, it's something that I'm still discovering, and I'm still. Mm. I think it's a slow thing. Like the last time I auditioned, I realized. I didn't care about the outcome of the audition. I only cared about what the casting director thought. Like I finished the tape and I was like, I said to my mom, I was like, well, I hope the casting director's happy because I really like them. Oh, wow. And my mom was like, or the director. I was like, honestly, I didn't even think of, like, I just hope casting's happy. Casting's <laughs> who sees me again. Casting is who I have a relationship with. Mm. So it stopped being, and I was like, oh my God, I don't even, it's not even about the part. I just want to do good work for the people that I value. And yeah, And for myself, so I think it's it's long-winded answer to to your question. The first time I stopped caring about an audition, I think it's a slow thing, and it's not a lack of caring about the audition. It's a lack of caring about what other people think of it. I still, I always care about the work. I love acting. I love storytelling. I love that art, and I always care about what I'm doing and I'm still dedicated like I'll still go in and do like 50 takes and be like Hannah it's fine it's fine (laughs) but I don't care about what some nameless director that I don't know but and the other thing is too is like you have to understand like I don't know what anybody else is doing Mm -hmm. I can't anticipate what anybody else is doing and and it's so funny because I'm saying these things to you and I'm like, this is what we were told in school. And I don't know why I didn't <laughs> understand it.
1: Yeah, I was just to say. But I didn't.
0: I didn't understand it. Right. And I and it's it's so hard to articulate in a way that makes sense because like I remember feeling like, oh, be confident. I just act confident, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And I never understood that. I like I thought I did. But, like, what's – how do you actionably do that? I, you, I don't think you can.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, and, and, right? I, you're just – again, everything I'm feeling and have been feeling, you're just speaking it. So I can't thank you enough because this is – like I said, I felt like I was going insane, and then I'd be like, oh, my gosh. So, like, does this girl – because she just got a job and she's doing fine. Like, does she just – she just gets it? And everyone would be like, oh – I don't care what people think about me, and I'm just looking at them like, "You're lying." <laughs> like... You're lying, one hundred percent. And
0: and I'm not gonna say that I don't care what people think
1: like, about extent. what I
0: make. Yeah. I want people to see what I make, you know. And I think I think it's just it's just the avenue of that attention. Like, I, sure, I'll look at someone who gets a part and I'll be jealous, but, uh-huh. but honestly, not even like like like, it's very fleeting because my bigger thought becomes like, what's next? What can I do? What can I do? I I don't even care about them. I'm just so much like, like, it's not me being like, they don't deserve it. I wanted it. It's me being like, why couldn't I do that? So Mm -hmm. it really has nothing to do with them.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and, And oftentimes i find as i get older like the things that people are doing i don't even want that oh my gosh! why would i right i don't even want that i don't care that they i don't want that that's not what i want to do yeah or or Mm. i reconcile like i'm not in a situation where that's even possible like i would love to play lois lane i'd love to play Mm. lois lane they just cast lois lane for the next dc movie Mm. but i'm not like jealous or sad because i'm like yo What scenario do you imagine you would be in that that would have been a reasonable thing to happen at this point? Like, I don't know James Gunn. I don't live in L.A. I didn't just come off a TV series that I was the, you know, titular character for. You know, I just think, like, it's not.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's kind of. It's not. Again, it's not my. it's It's not under my control. Right.
1: Exactly. But. I just lost my and, train of thought. Go ahead. I was just
0: saying, and I think jealousy is something that tricks you into thinking that it should have been you because you, because there's some degree of control. Like it should have been me. I could do that. I can do that. It, why didn't they pick me? And it's like it it there's a basis where that implies that you had some control over the outcome. That if you'd done something differently, they would have picked you. Or like if you were in that, you'd have the ability to control something. And it's
1: like you don't
0: you don't have that control
1: yeah and I love that because again I would obsess so much like oh maybe I should have did this differently or did this or something's wrong and I think okay yes you can kind of look back and reflect but like we keep saying the main thing is like just do things you're passionate about do things like with intention like try your best and even when it comes to jealousy like I love what you said about half the time it's like, okay, did I really, really want yeah. that job? Like, did I? No, I just wanted no. a paycheck. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, what you want is recognition. You want yep. someone to recognize that you're capable, right? And, and and you want someone to give you the opportunity to create. But the circumstances of what other people get oftentimes are not actually attractive to you because you're you're not them. Mm-hmm. You're doing something different. And yeah. And oftentimes it's not a limited time possibility, right? Like they it's not like they've never made another Superman before.
1: You know, they <laughs> Exactly. They've
0: made two Superman films. Th- they've made three Supermen. In the last like ten years there have been like four different Supermen at least yeah. at least. And we have the multi. I think a, a cartoon. Yep. Well we have we had Smallville, we've got Lois and Clark, exactly. we have the Warner Brothers we had the the Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah. We have and <laughs> we have the new one now. And we just had um, my adventure with Superman is a cartoon series that just came out. It's not like they're not making it.
1: Yeah. You'll... It's not like it'll
0: never come <laughs> up again.
1: Exactly.
0: You know? And, and I also think too that like something that did really help me is finding a community that it's so, tr- it sounds so trite, but it's like the fun of the community that supports you. And it's like, yeah, but you don't want just, like, people being like, you're okay, you're doing okay. What you want is you want a community that will that will give you the attention that you need to sustain you. It's not necessarily enough, and it's not necessarily the, the, the same, like, flavor of attention that you want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, me doing this one thing doesn't mean I'm, like, getting on the New York Times bestseller list. But... <laughs> I wrote, I wrote a lot of fan fiction during COVID. I published it, and I became a semi-well-known semi, semi well-known author in this hey. specific part of fandom. Hey. And so I could engage with people, strangers, about my art. No. And that's so no. satisfying. Yeah. And I think and I think fan fiction... I know people deride fan fiction all the time for being just porn, but I think what people fail to understand who are not in fandom and not engaging with fan work in that way is that it's actually... A really great community not just for like bettering your skills but it's its own genre it has its own it has its own like things that you need to know to write for it and the other thing is that it gives you an audience that even most published authors don't have like I have over 30,000 hits on my novel and I have like almost a thousand I think more than a thousand comments on it wow And that's all people, and and some of them are these beautiful long essays, like picking apart things that I've worked into the narrative. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I feel so seen. You saw what I did and you liked it. And that it's not the same as getting a role on major network television. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as writing. It's not the same as acting, but it sustains me. So I think finding a thing that can sustain you is really important. That's
1: success at least to me like, it is I yeah. think
0: yeah it's a measure of success is it enough success that I'm contented with it no absolutely <laughs> not like yeah. I would absolutely I, I would give a up fan fiction in a heartbeat it's not a I would give up fan fiction in a heartbeat if it meant that I got into it if I got to play Lois Lane
1: yeah
0: I'd be like right I'll never write fan fiction again cool fine
1: <laughs> but yeah. I don't
0: control that and yeah. I can control my writing and And, you know, it's been really good. I got into a bunch of zines that are like, like charity, like anthologies that are published and people read them. And I, and, you know, I have, I have people who like want to talk to me about, about writing and storytelling and, and all these things and, and you know, in some ways it appeals to my desire for control, my desire for authority, because I become authoritative of my own work. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know what? I think that's also a key thing about the not caring. I think that's probably kind of the key to it is it's not so much that I don't care what other people think. It's that I'm authoritative. I am the the authority on my own work. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I don't care what other people think. I still do care. And I still want them to think well of me. And I still want them to want me. And I still want them to like, love what I'm doing and I still do want criticism and I still do want input but I so it's not about not caring so much as it's being the authority on my art on the art that I produce and the same thing with with uh with uh auditions it's not that I don't care it's that I'm the authority of it I know me and I'm the one in charge of me so no one's gonna know me better and what I'm making, I've taken responsibility for. I think, thank you for the revelation, Shikaya, because that <laughs> I think is the key: is that I am, oh I am, I am the person in charge of what I produce.
1: Yeah, you're giving me revelations, and like to that point, it's funny because back to like the survivorship bias. I swear, I hear celebrities all the time. They're like, "I'm the one that did this. It's me, me, me." And I used to be like oh my gosh they're so selfish like of course they have agents and all these people to help them but exactly like you just said you're in um, ownership to your art and how it's produced and everything And it's like well so are they and maybe like that's what they mean and again we keep talking about you know how they're saying things and it's kind of like hey what about us who maybe aren't as successful but it's kind of like. I guess maybe that is what they mean (laughs) yeah exactly because uh... that's not
0: what I hear when I hear them say that I hear them dismiss the luck that they've had but maybe they do mean that they're just there I mean I think there's like there's limits there's a lot of nepo babies out there being like it's not luck it's not my parents I worked really hard for what I got and I'm like no it's your parents I'm sorry it is your parents (laughs) but but I think there is something to be said for you know, authors and actors and artists at the peak of their career who go, who t- who are talking about their performances and they're like, I decided to do that. I made it, dec- that's my choice. And it's like, you can like it or you can hate it, but you're engaging with it. And I take, like, I am the one who made that choice. Mm. I think the difference is that, like, you cannot be the one to decide what becomes successful or popular or admired. Yeah, But you can acknowledge your own authority on what you produce, like Mm -hmm. the actual literal thing you produce, not like, not like, yeah, like Mm -hmm. not the popularity of it. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm responsible for my book being so popular. I don't think so. Like, I have a bunch of hits on, on, on fan fiction, on my fan fiction do i think that's because my work is more deserving than someone else's no absolutely not i think it's lucky that it happened to hit the right audience at the right time and i think that is like i've seen that happen in fan fiction so often where i have a friend who writes something beautiful and i they, like they post it at the wrong time or well i've not even posted the time there's all these things that people say like oh you posted it too late in the day or you happen to post it on a long weekend or mm. you know what the, the the kenobi show just came out and i think all that's nonsense i think it's luck cuz you can have someone post at midnight and if the right person happens to read it at the right time and they reblog it at the right time and somebody else sees it suddenly it's super super popular
1: exactly and
0: then you have beautiful things that go unseen yeah. and i think so i think the popularity the way that it's, that people engage with it the way that it's that it like succeeds on a sort of measurable metric i think that is 100% luck but i mm-hmm. think the thing you make the actual literal thing you make whether it's the performance or the book or the the painting or the podcast that you are responsible for and you can claim that with authority like for good or bad you're like that was a choice that I delivered nothing's accidental about that I chose to do that
1: yeah and now that you're saying this I'm like okay so if this podcast does not you know give me all the awards and recognition am I just unlucky (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay no you are you are that's though so I, and
0: i don't idea. and i i you know and i think I, I i think sometimes that can be really frustrating because you can't control luck and luck is not a reflection of quality and it's infuriating to be unlucky but the vast and this is the survivorship bias the vast majority of people are unlucky there are billions of people in the world and there's only one person to win best actor every year mm-hmm. that's luck that's not to say that the person who won didn't didn't do a really good job, mm-hmm. but the, the way that they're there to receive it at that time and how they got there in terms of being popular enough and, and in the right place at the right time, that is luck. That cannot be controlled by you. And so, yeah, you this podcast, I if it wins a million awards, I'd be like, absolutely, Shakaya deserves it because she works really hard and she's talking about interesting things. But like if nobody listens to it, that doesn't mean that it's not worthy of the same attention. It just means you got unlucky.
1: <laughs> and then do you extend the same grace to yourself? Because we haven't no. talked about what <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I try.
0: I <laughs> it's always easier to talk about it in abstract to somebody else like you are never going to condemn your friends for the same thing that you would say you suck for right like yeah be- because you want to have control it is comforting to think that you are the one in control of your success or your failure right mm. it's comforting to think that you have control over that we have control over so little in life that to feel like we're not control, we don't have control over the trajectory of our own life is terrifying Um, And I think that's just a natural part of being human. And I think everybody feels that. And I'm not even going to say like you have to give that up because I don't think, you know, it's scary. We're humans. I think that, that, yeah, we're humans. I think it's good to keep it in mind. And I think the, and we talked about this at the beginning, like the people who are celebrities and can be like, oh, it's survivor bias. It's not like they go out there and aren't like living their best lives and still like trying to control it but they can acknowledge that that control is a very fragile facade and not necessarily universally applicable. So go go and expose yourself anywhere. You worry about feeling judged, but what are you doing? You're looking at yourself in the mirror going, I look like this. I look like that. I'm not doing this. You're not judging other people. You're judging yourself.
1: Honestly, that's what helps me. Like when I go out, I'm like, Okay, I know everyone's gonna be too obsessed with like themselves to even yeah. think about me. So whatever. No one's looking at me. <laughs> exactly. The only
0: time people are looking at you and consciously looking at you is when you're doing something really great, and at that point, you're usually not being self-conscious, right? Like usually.
1: Wait. Sorry, like my you mouth know, I was on and... the floor because I never thought of it that way. I was gonna be like, yeah, I'm doing something wrong. But you just said if you're doing something great right sorry that just blew my mind continue (laughs)
0: but that is right when you see if you go to a dance show you're not watching the worst dancer you're watching the girl who's killing it you're like oh my god she's amazing she's amazing yeah and it's and and like when I watch I watch you guys at dance class and I'm always watching you and Angelica because I'm like they're so good they're so good how could I do that you're so sweet Right. But no, but genuinely, like, you don't go out and watch somebody who sucks. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for you to watch. It doesn't feel like it doesn't do anything. And and the vast, I I mean, maybe there are people who go out there just to watch people fail and they like it. But like, it doesn't feel good as a, like, no one, you don't want to watch someone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and by and large, like, when you are looking at yourself in a group, you are looking at yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You maybe look at yourself in comparison to the group, but you're looking at yourself in
1: comparison to the best person in the group. Yeah, well, I so you're watching at, the person yeah. doing it right. I look at Angelica because she knows all the steps. I she knows never all the steps, remember. too. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. I like dancing behind Angelica because I'm like, I can tell what I have to do next. Exactly. She's already there. <laughs> it's so but, yeah. easy. Oh but that's the thing, goodness. it's like you're still watching her because she's doing it right, right? Mm-hmm. So attention is actually, you, you go out and you worry that you're gonna be, you're gonna be, you know, put in the spot because you've done something wrong. But attention is actually put on the people doing it right.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's like an attest to like people, most people really are nice. Like, I know we live in a world where we see a lot of bad news, but that's because it's so shocking. But it's like, yeah. please, people remember, most people are very nice and kind and exactly like you're saying. They will give you intention when it's something good. So... Yeah. Oh, I hope that helps But yeah, so
0: especially in the arts. Especially in the arts. Yeah. I mean, every so often you're going to get somebody who's done something so wrong that you're like, we have to watch this, like Florence <laughs> Foster Jenkins. But... Even then, that could be a metric. Like, Florence Foster Jenkins still sold out Carnegie Hall, so I don't think she was upset, you know? Like, she still wins. She's still laughing. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I just think that especially when it it comes to, like, looking at yourself and trying to – and judging yourself, when – I think the comparison is still relevant that, like, when you're in a group, you're looking at yourself in the mirror to see what you suck at, but you're looking at everybody else to see the person who's the best. Mm. You're not looking at the worst of anybody else. You're looking at the worst of yourself.
1: Because how do you look at yourself? Because you talked about during COVID, like, it would just be you in a room having to do all these takes. So have you, like, learned to be kind and gentle with yourself? No. No.
0: No. I mean, I think in some... Uh, baby steps. This is what I talk about in therapy. Is that I tell my, I'm like, I think I'm repellent and people hate me, and, and but the thing is, you know what? Like when I'm by myself and I look in the mirror and I'm by myself and I'm not trying to, I'm not planning on going out or I'm not like brushing my hair to look a certain way. If I'm brushing my teeth and I just look make eye contact with myself, my first thought is, you're cute. I like you. Mm. And it's just me and I like me, mm-hmm. and and I know that that's not everybody's situation you know there's a lot of people that don't see anything positive in themselves and you know that's not I I that's not for me to speak to because I think that's something that yeah, is it's personal requires therapy yeah in a lot of situations we should all be in therapy um mm-hmm. but I do I do try and you know I, I that's not all the time like I'll look at myself on a table be like oh my god God, you're so ugly oh your mm. face is so asymmetrical but I still send the tape in because I'm like I'm not gonna tell them that they can come to that conclusion on their own <laughs> like, I'm not gonna inform on myself mm. they they know what I look like they picked my headshot out it's not a secret
1: well oh, no this is my favorite I'm like I might be ugly, but I don't have to look at me. That's your problem. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. You can look away if you want to. That's not my problem.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's not my problem. You, you picked me, so exactly. you know what you're getting. Oh yeah. I think there is some power in that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
1: But, and then, like, moving forward, I know we talked about a lot, but going back to, like, survivorship bias, I have to say, you've kind of changed my mind talking about this because I really thought that, like, it was such a bad thing and that, like, the people on top, it was just all these cliches, like, work hard, focus on yourself, like, don't care, but kind of like everything we just talked about, I think, like, I have to say they're pretty much right. i I hate that because
0: i also came in being like oh i'm gonna i think i think it's just galling to hear that from somebody who's only there to say it because of luck and they can't acknowledge it i don't think what they're saying is wrong but like i don't want to be told and you know what there's and that's and that's not always true like you have billionaires telling actors and writers right now that you know they're they're being greedy asking for pay (laughs) and it's like You've never done a day's work in your life. You can only become a billionaire through exploitation. And
1: (laughs) I wasn't wasn't ready for that revelation. Like, ooh, okay.
0: (laughs) And uh, so I think you know, if they're saying that, that's like absolutely nonsense. But I think, but I think, the hard work stuff—that's for you. To decide that's for you to decide what's hard work that's for you to decide what value you put on that's for you to decide how much you want to commit and celebrities commenting on it is not a guarantee of success that is i don't mm-hmm. i don't think those things are the path to the success that you are necessarily thinking of like i don't think mm-hmm. hard work is necessarily guaranteed outcome world fame right yeah. so i think there's something disingenuous about them saying it as if one thing leads to the next yeah. but i don't think there's no value in dedicating yourself to something in finding yourself or stopping caring or stopping caring what people think right like yeah. i think those things are good for you will they will they lead to success or however you define success No, I don't think so. I don't think they're, I don't think they're, I don't think they're, like, symbiotic. Yeah. But I think that the people who are successful and stay successful, survivorship bias, because they are so dedicated, they have put up with so much, and they've been doing it for so long, Mm. probably do think that hard work pays off, because they've done it for so long, right? Like, yeah the survivors are the last ones left. I don't know, I don't know that you would say, like, I don't know that a one-hit wonder who gets famous at 16 and then disappears into Mm. the ether would say the same thing.
1: Exactly. And I think that the thing that bothers me most about when people are like, oh, just work hard, just focus, because it's like, work hard how? Like, to what? Work hard how? Yeah, because it's like, there are people who do like those classes like oh hey this is how you can write your cover letter and this is this and this is that and it's like I try to take the advice and I'm like okay I still didn't get the job like what's going on like so like
0: no and I I think that's exactly it but those are all those are all like crutches for control right if you Mm -hmm. do it this way you will succeed if you do it like this you will succeed and I think all that's nonsense I think that's something that they sell to you to make you feel like you have control. If somebody wants to hire you, they're going to hire you.
1: Yeah. You no know? matter what, right?
0: No matter what. If someone wants to cast you, they're going to cast you. It doesn't matter if you come in in jeans instead of a skirt, right? It, that's It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. If you're blonde in your headshot and they're looking for a brunette, if they want to cast you, they're going to cast you. Right? That's, so I think... Yeah.
1: You're stating facts and it's things... just angering me because, again, I'm yeah. like, why did I care so much to try to mold myself when literally, like, I have gotten a few jobs when it literally was just like, oh, hey, we've just seen you around. You're pretty cool. You want to work here? And it's like. Right. They want they wanted to hire you. Yeah. Wow. Just and be yourself. Wow. <laughs>
0: be yourself and have fun being yourself is basically it. And people will want to be around you. Um, but you have no control over finding those people, really. I mean, you have some control in that, like you could, sure, sure if you if you are want to write, maybe like join a writers community.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe put yourself in a situation where you're going to encounter writers, but you, you 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 can't guarantee you can't like know how you can write a book and write a brilliant book and then maybe never get a, an agent because they don't like that your book has use the word blue in it like you know what like things that you can't change crazy things that are just like personal to them or like maybe they woke up and had eggs for breakfast and (laughs) they were feeling kind of queasy so they didn't like that your first sentence referenced a yoki son like whatever right like stuff that's like nonsense it's 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 circumstantial it's specific to the person reading it's specific to their own bias so i think this whole thing of like work hard things like work hard and pay off or work hard and you'll never work a day in your life or do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life or the work smarter not harder Mm -hmm. those are all things that are meant to like I I I think they're meant to encourage but they're often things that piss me off because I'm like what do you mean smarter what do you mean smarter (laughs) what like how can I work any smarter Mm -hmm. I I don't know what I'm supposed to do and it's because these are all for industries that there is no set formula yeah so working smarter if you don't have a formula to apply like what do you mean work harder than pamela anderson who was discovered <laughs> on the the jumbotron like come on what are you talking about she was just hot on tv and got a job how am i supposed to work smarter
1: <laughs> we started off so strong when i was like all right i'm inspired i'm hopeful and now <laughs> i'm like well and now you're back this, to do no rigged. i think I
0: think the ultimate thing that I that I'm saying is that like you the only thing you have control over is yourself and if you can hang on long enough to mm-hmm. to cope if you can find something that sustains you then you give yourself more opportunities for luck to find you right because like mm-hmm. if luck is a if if it's a coin toss then sure. Every coin toss is 50, 50. Yeah. And you could turn up heads your whole life and never get tails. But if you quit after 10 tosses, mm. then, you know, you have way your opportunities. If you quit after a thousand tosses, then yeah, absolutely. You could turn up heads every single time, but you've had way more chances that you've given yourself. And is it boring and depressing and, absolutely devastating to get to that like 600th toss and turn up heads again yeah it sucks especially when you see like a 16 year old getting tails on their first toss yeah sucks and it's unfair and has nothing to do with how well you spin that coin or how you're standing or the wind or none Mm -hmm. of that matters but i think if you stick in the game long enough then at least the thing you're controlling is the number of flips you get
1: Mm.
0: and i think I mean, at some point, maybe that's not worth it, right? At some point, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of this game. I don't want to play this anymore. I would not want to toss this coin. And walking away is not a failure. You, you're not invested anymore. Like the same thing with those jobs, right? You don't even want it anymore.
1: Mm.
0: Or it's boring. It's not it's fulfilling you. But if you can, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if you can flip a coin forever and play yo-yo on the side to distract and entertain you while that coin's flipping until it turns up tails... Then at least you've got a yo-yo, right? Like at least you got a little a little something. It's not the coin toss, yeah. but it's something.
1: Yeah, that was great. I'm feeling more positive now, thank you. <laughs> because again, it's just reminding me, kind of like, I love when people are just like, "Why did you start? Like, what do you love about it?" And again, even if I don't make a single dime from this podcast, it has been fun. It has been enlightening. And you know what, I I helped myself grow and change. And that's one person. So I'm going to count it as a win and be successful. And I think you gave me yeah. revelations in this
0: podcast. so That's two people I would count it successful for.
1: <laughs> and I was gonna say you are, again, in my eyes, very successful in the sense of, to me, you seem very confident and just like sure of yourself and you kind of you know what you want and you're going after it and again you just have the resilience to try and that's what I'm striving for in my life so yeah you are success to me well thank you
0: when I have a million dollars then I'll agree with you
1: (laughs) I I know it's like I'm saying that on a good day watch me tomorrow be like yeah Hannah it's all over (laughs) Stop, and I'll be I like, quit. oh, I'm not even
0: getting out of bed. Don't talk to me. This is it. I'm never doing this again. Right. My life's over. What's the point? Yeah, 100%. Honestly,
1: but that's life. It goes up. It goes down. And yeah, we live to try another day. <laughs> but... Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, who knows? AI might destroy my entire industry and there'll never be another actor. So,
1: mm. you know, <laughs> it's that's okay. just bad luck. I mean, yeah, I have nothing to that um <laughs> maybe we can learn how to create AIs or something maybe we'll just have to go into like a different career path we'll maybe you'll get all go back AI. to theater yeah an AI could be modeled after you that's but then I wouldn't like... get any
0: no. no no the whole point is <laughs> I want to be it I don't want to I don't want a computer image yeah. to be me I want to be me
1: that's crazy uh, I want to be yeah me. you were talking about like having to like Work harder than Pamela Anderson. Now it's like I have to work harder than a robot or an AI. Than a robot. That's not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's... You made me depressed again. I was trying to end this podcast. No, wait, no, we're ending on a good note. We're all
0: happy. No, everything's going to be fine.
1: Just go back and edit it all out
0: and end <laughs> it
1: and be like. I'm keeping this in. Like, even though AI may <laughs> take over one <laughs> even day, even though
0: AI may destroy everything in the next couple of years, today is sunny, it
1: yeah. is
0: warm. And I had therapy yesterday, and I'm passing it on to you.
1: Woo! Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. Honestly, even at the very least, you've made me laugh. You make me laugh every time I see you. I love you so much. And love you. Just an honor to know you. And again, thank you so much for talking on the podcast and... Yeah, just being in my life. And I wish oh. you the best of luck. I hope one day we can be on TV giving, you know, our survivorship bias to other people. and Yes, yes, <laughs> I the like cliches. that. Just work hard. Just work hard.
0: That, Keep that your was, head down and think of no one else. Yeah. That would be the title of That's my a-
1: memoir. Like, <laughs> I worked hard. I just worked hard. <laughs> I'm. I look forward to buying it. Oh, yay. No, I need to read your, fan. I mean, do you want to tell the people where we can read your fan fiction? I think that'd be cool.
0: I mean, sure. I write under the name Tessiette, T-E-S-S-I-E-T-E. It's Star Wars fan fiction. Ooh. You find that on Archive of Our Own.
1: Um, yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. But again, thank you. And remember, you are already successful and I just wish you more success. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And yeah, have a great rest of your day. You too. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. Bye. Glass. Boss. Hmm. Hard work. I guess it really does pay off. Like Hannah said. You have the power to decide what the meaning of each event in your life is. Are you going to learn from it or are you gonna wallow in pity? It's okay to get upset and to feel untalented sometimes. That's normal. But remember, most times success just boils down to luck. And luck is not a measurement of the quality of talents that you have. At the end of the day, you're only successful if you deem yourself successful. If you can impact one person and make them feel good, then you're already on the way to achieving success. Hannah has impacted me with her words of wisdom, and I can only hope that I have impacted you in the same way. Remember, if we can do it, you can too. And the first step of success is to
0: put your glass on, get your boss on,
1: cause you're a glass.